Hi guys, this is your host Ola and welcome to the All Things Money podcast where I'm here to discuss all things money from budgeting, saving, investing and everything else in between. When interviewing for a job, it's always important that you're going into that interview with a good idea of how much you're expecting to be paid for the job. Whether you're looking to find out how much you're going to be paid as they haven't advertised the pay within the job description or you're hoping to get a higher salary than advertised, it's important to discuss the topic of salary during the job interview process. Bringing up pay or negotiating the salary during an interview can be pretty daunting. So because of this, I'm joined with Liz Willits, founder and director of Investing in Women, to discuss how you can negotiate your salary within an interview. Hi, Liz. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. I'm very excited to have you here with me today. I'm really excited to chat. (laughs) It's really nice. (laughs) No, I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, I feel like you're going to bring a lot of expertise to this chat today, because like I said, we now find ourselves when we're looking for a job, the pay is not advertised or mm-hmm. people see a salary advertised that we're maybe not keen on, that we maybe want to be able to see if we can push the boat a little bit further. So yeah, I'm very excited for our chat because I feel like I can learn things myself. So oh, good. That's so right. before we delve into the conversation today, please introduce yourself to everyone listening. Yeah. Hi. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. So my name is Elizabeth Willits and I run a job board and recruitment company called Investing in Women which helps um, people find predominantly flexible and part-time work. But then we also work with a lot of experts as well to help empower particularly women in the workplace to be their best selves at work, break through that glass ceiling and really achieve their full potential. So there's a lot of learning and development around that as well. But I'm a recruiter. I've been a recruiter now since 2007. So, you know, a long time now. And Obviously, I've been involved in countless salary negotiations Mm. with candidates. Started an agency, so I've negotiated on behalf of candidates with employers. And then I've also worked as an in-house recruiter as well. So I've been on on various sides and I've obviously negotiated for me as well when I've changed jobs and and got myself (laughs) a a pay rise. So um, yes, I've had various experiences getting more money for people and and making sure people have paid what they deserve. And this is why I'm looking forward to having you on today, Les, because I feel like you'll share a lot of nuggets of knowledge that I don't personally know myself because now that I'm self-employed, I haven't really had to go through an interview process for like over three years, which is wild. And even that wasn't maybe like a career type job, if that makes sense. I feel like now lots of people that probably listen to this podcast are either in their careers or start about to start their careers. I want to make sure that they are being paid their worth. And obviously during this cost of living crisis, we definitely need that to be happening. So yeah, I guess I'm I'm keen to know as well, what kind of inspired you to start your online community and also helping women in this space? Yes. Yeah, so the reason I started it was, so I was made redundant from my in-house role that I referred to during the height of the pandemic. So that was September, mm. 2020. And at the time I had two small children. So a little bit bigger now, but they were one and three at the time. And I was part-time in that role got made redundant and wanted another part-time position and couldn't find one for Love Nominee. You know, when I looked for roles, I found out 97% of them were advertised as full-time and, you know, I didn't want to work full-time. I wanted to work part-time. I wanted to have a couple of days a week with my kids. And, you know, every time a recruiter approached me and I said, will they consider part-time? They said, no, straight away or ghosted me. And I could just see what happened to so many of my friends where they'd, you know, maybe had children, um, or started some, you know, maybe some of them had started like a side hustle or whatever, and they wanted mm-hmm. a part-time role and they'd had to exchange a well-paid role that they'd spent a long time training for, working at for something a lot lower paid, a lot lower skilled in exchange mm-hmm. for that flex. And I just could see, you know, I think, you know, as then 
I thought it then. I'm still thinking now that, that is a huge reason why there's a gender pay gap. Yes. Because a lot of women have, you know, a lot of women take on more caring responsibilities. They do, you know, on average, like, you know, at least 45 minutes more than the men on, on housework, oh, etc. Wow. a day. Yeah. And they're obviously more likely to um, look after elderly relatives as a whole. Yeah. There's a whole, you know, society that is propped up by mm-hmm. predominantly women. And so women therefore need flexibility at work. But I don't think we should be penalised for that. Yeah, no, I can. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. And I know many people as well that I know in my space that have also looked at wanting a part-time job and it's just not something that's on offer. So I love yeah. what you are building at the oh, moment. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and it is very, it's very, very much needed. So yeah, I love the work that you do. Thank you. So I guess when we're getting into like the nitty gritty of this topic of conversation today, I guess a lot of people are wanting to obviously negotiate their salary or bring even up topic of pay because like I mentioned many jobs now just say competitive salary which is not good enough considering how much time it takes for us to apply for that job to not even know how much we're applying for so I guess you know at what stage of the interview process should you discuss your salary it's a tricky one because that competitive is naughty yeah often you will be sort of screened initially you know you'll go into a bit of a screening process and at that point you might be asked what what is your current salary and what your salary or what your salary expectations and that will then hopefully then the recruiter will let you know if that aligns with that particular mm. role so at that point you know particularly if it's if it's the competitive yeah <laughs> then you will know whether or not i would always say it's worth applying for those roles i know it's yeah. really frustrating but a, they maybe are paying, it depends upon candidate experience mm-hmm. as to how much they're going to pay. But also, like, even if you're not 100% right for that particular role, a large organization is constantly recruiting. Yeah. So it's so good to get on that employer's radar because you yeah. might not be right for that role, but you might be perfect for the role that's going to be advertised two months' time. And then you'll be the candidate that's going to be contacted straight away. So I always think it's just what you haven't got anything to lose at that point. I mean, you've got a little bit of time to lose applying, but yeah, <laughs> not not the end of the world. So I would definitely apply if mm. the role ticks your boxes, even if it says competitive. Yeah, and at that point, you'll probably be asked for those roles, and then you then you can sort of decide at that point whether it's right for you or not. But obviously, that's not the formal offer negotiation that would happen at the end of the process. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that like you said it is naughty in this day mm-hmm. and age in 2023 that employers are not disclosing their salary, which is a pain because I think that's where you then get again the gender pay gap or inconsistencies across yeah. the board and how much people are getting paid. Because again, most likely if it's competitive salary, you're going to go in with a negotiation or a figure in your mind, which might be different to the industry standard or it might be different to other people getting paid for the same role in the job. So yeah, I guess it's really, really hard. But I guess that kind of leads into my next question, because, again, you want to make sure you are getting paid your worth, especially during this cost of living crisis. Things are very expensive. How can people, well, what would you say is the best way to negotiate a salary in an interview? I think the best way is probably to know your worth. So that is the first step is to know, because you might think, oh, I want to be paid that much. But actually, (laughs) your experience might not be worth that much. There sometimes needs to be a bit of a dose of reality, Mm. and that's fine. or you might be being horrendously underpaid, which often happens, particularly yeah. for those people that stay in an organisation for a long, mm. long time, which you know, I hate to break it to people, but they, um, you know, the best way to actually get a pay rise, a significant pay rise, is to move. 
Yes, company. I've seen that. Yeah. Move company and then you'll get an uplift. And if you don't get, and you also at that point will probably get a counter offer as well. And you'll be like, oh, where was that money all those years where you know, yeah. you're only giving me pittance for a pay rise? But that is the best way um, is to get a pay rise. But you need to um, to know your worth. So the first step is to, to talk to people. Obviously, you can talk to people that are currently in your industry. I know, mm-hmm. I think, I hope, you know, I think you're obviously doing so much work around changing this conversation, but people in our country are quite uncomfortable yes. with saying exactly <laughs> how much they earn. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that is a real problem, actually, particularly for women, because we don't, you know, it's quite too much secrecy about it. And that yeah. actually, you know, we should be all owning how much we earn and being proud of that and, and striving for more. But um Yes, you could talk to people in the industry, so your friends, maybe not your direct colleagues. Yeah. (laughs) Company policies are a little bit, you know, old-fashioned. You shouldn't be discussing salary at work. Again, I don't think that's right either. Yeah. But you could be talking to people, you know, what what do you think is the right sort of level of pay for somebody Mm -hmm. in my industry, somebody doing my job? Definitely talk to recruitment consultants because they will give you the best idea because they are recruiting for roles you are doing in you know all day every day and mm. recruitment consultants tend to be quite niche so if you're I'm, I don't know I'm being recruited for a product manager so there'll be recruiters that specialize in that or there'll be recruiters yeah. that specialize in marketing or recruiters that specialize in finance so you need to find out what are the best recruiters for your industry and again you could just start by asking friends um and colleagues you know or maybe on the, the colleagues that you get on with yeah you don't yeah. mind knowing <laughs> You know, who are the best recruiters for people doing our types of jobs mm-hmm. and then get that information or just go on job boards and you'll be able to see yeah. who's posting those adverts. And then finally, you can obviously go on Glassdoor as well. But I think sometimes they're a little bit inflated on Glassdoor. Okay, interesting. A little bit, but I think that's also a good good Ceiling. start. Good start. But yeah. I think generally the best people to talk to are recruiters. And actually, okay. even if you're not actively looking, just getting on like their radar because... yeah. I don't think there's any harm potentially always being open to the right opportunity. 100%. Yeah, so I agree. I agree. Especially when you said about how the biggest pay increases come from swapping jobs. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of people my age specifically are worried what it looks like if you're a job hopper, when now it isn't necessarily a bad thing, especially when it comes to, again, making sure you're being paid your worth. You don't want to be in a job for 10 years just because it looks good on your CV that you stayed there yeah, for 10 it years. It gets to point, a point where it's sort of like, you start looking a little bit institutionalised as well, yes. my word out. And actually you can see that, I mean, obviously there is exceptions and there will be people mm. that stay at a certain company and they'll progress and they'll sort of CEO. They started, you know, yeah. 20 years ago. But <laughs> most people, you can see that progression when they're getting a promotion mm. every time they're moving and they're getting those uplifts. Yeah, no, and I think that's really important. But I think the key word you also mentioned was value and knowing your value. Now... The majority, actually, interesting enough that listen to this podcast is women. And I know men listen as well. But I do feel like sometimes women struggle to know how much they are worth when it comes to putting a figure out there. So how do you work out your value when you're trying to negotiate a salary in an interview? Well, I think it's like speaking, obviously, knowing what the role you are going for will pay. Mm. Because there's no point you saying, I want to earn £60,000 <laughs> and the roles that you're interviewing for are only will only pay for it you know see there's got to mm-hmm, be some mm-hmm. realism as to you know and also the amount of experience you have but I think the best way to know your worth and actually 
be proud of what you've done is to quantify it. So look okay. back at your jobs that you've done and think about. And I always think it's like, basically, if you're thinking of things, did you ever save the company time, money or make the money? Okay. And like sales jobs are really easy to say mm. what you're worth because you can say yeah. I brought in £200,000 worth of business. Yes. So that is quite an easy way a, for you to say, you know, I'm the worth X to my company because yeah. I'm worth basically £200,000 mm. or whatever worth of sales. But you can also think, well, I've, you know, developed this brilliant new system at month end that has saved my company two days a month. Okay. Yeah. I think that's really, really handy. Because again, and I think that, some yeah. people really downplay their skill set. And I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car when I was 20, 21, during my placement year at university. And I remember at the time I was like, oh, like, how do I explain? I served customers at a desk every day. But then, like you said, it's quantifying what you did. So how many customers did you serve every day? Yeah. How, what processes did you streamline when you were in the business? Yeah. So when you think of, you know, guys, if you're listening, that you might think, oh, I'm just, I don't know, a server at a restaurant or I work behind the bar or I do X, Y, Z, that still is a, a huge part of being part of business. And I think a lot of people underestimate how much they help a business by playing their part. That and that's sense. those roles, the front facing those roles without you, yeah. that business wouldn't be there. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, how many people did you serve a day? How much revenue were you taking? How mm. many um, cover, you know, and, and yeah, like you said, any processes you streamlined, did you look at how they were serving people and think, you know, I'm thinking of McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> you say, actually, we should put the ice in this way and do this and that'll mm -hmm. be quicker mm -hmm. and whatever you did. I think that's, a, yeah, really key is to think and also think about what you did. So yeah. This is really important, just for, not just obviously negotiating, but um, interviews. So you'd get a lot of people, we'd find, say, we did this, we did that, because they don't want to seem big headed. Yeah. And therefore it's like, well, okay, I get that you want to show that you've worked as part of a team, but don't want to hire the team. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. it's you that we want you, to hire. Yeah. So yeah. what did you do? What was your role? in that particular task that you're talking about or in that particular um, initiative what was it actually that you did I think if you could constantly you know be thinking about that you know and maybe making diary constantly have the notes and like I said be open to opportunities mm. and when that right opportunity comes to you then you you know you're definitely in a position to go for it and hopefully get it yeah no absolutely and I agree but I think another question of mine or what people might be thinking because this is something I've come across in your experience, when people might offer, let's say, a salary that is a little bit, well, maybe a way off what the employer was looking to offer, have you seen employers say no or do they negotiate? Because I think a lot of people are scared that if they give an offer, straight off the bat, they're like, nope, sorry, we're going to go for someone else now. Yeah, they don't see that. Your... Mm -hmm. They won't offer to somebody else they, <laughs> at that point for that reason. I would, I mean, I would highly, I've never seen that happen. Okay. And I've been recruiting since 2007. And companies, I mean, sometimes they will offer top of the budget. Yeah. But often they won't because they expect somebody to negotiate. Yeah. There often is a little bit of money left in that tank. It might not be loads, mm -hmm. but there is a little bit left in that tank. And I really do think this if you don't ask for more money and if you just accept, that first offer, you are leaving money in their, their tank, basically. Yes. Staying in so their true. bank account, not yours. Yeah. And, you know, it might, it might only be a grand or two. It might be, you know, a couple of grand, but that could be 
your yeah. holiday for the year or something. So it's 100% worth asking. And they, I've never seen a company say, no, I'm going to offer someone else. They might say no, but they probably won't say no, I'm going to offer someone else. And then yeah. if they say no, then you know where you stand and yeah. you can either accept it as is or, or not. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad you said that because this is something I battle with myself when it comes to working for myself because I also get people asking me for my rates, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And I too have also learned that if your fee or the salary you have in mind is out of their budget, very often, like it's very rare that they will say no. They'll be like, oh, this is actually what we had in mind. Is it something you're open to? And I think people need to get move away from the fact or the thought that because you've asked, they're automatically going to say no. Because yeah, they're going to take it away from you. Yeah, yeah, when it's genuinely not the case. And that's probably my biggest lesson I've learned in the last three years when running All Things Money. Yeah, if you if they can't afford you, they might just be like, oh, well, this is actually what we had in mind. Does that fit you? And then that's, again, then you've got the ball back in your court. So I think, again, like you said, don't leave money on the table. Be open and honest, because there's nothing worse than saying, I'll, I'll accept £25,000, yet they might have had a budget for forty grand, and then, a year later, you're like, oh, I actually can't live off 25 grand. I need a 10K pay rise, for example. Yeah, so, yeah, it's worse I to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You'll start absolutely. resenting it then as well. You'll you'll start resenting the job. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I guess, you know, as well, I think lots of people don't know really know where to start when it comes to finding the best salaries. Don't know where to go when it comes to finding industry standard salaries. Obviously, you mentioned Glassdoor. Is there any other places that people can go to to conduct research on salaries in their industry well yeah like the recruitment agencies i think mm-hmm. they will be the best but if you can find some good recruitment agencies they can support you throughout your career yeah and you know if you you only need two or three that you've just got that relationship with and then you know they'll hopefully then be with you if you get good ones well you know maybe not throughout your career but through a good chunk and then yes they will provide that sounding board just to, you know am i being paid fairly or not they'll probably say no because they'll have a job for you that they want to forward for but you will (laughs) at least get a bit of an idea and then you know the salary that they help you with and they also a lot of recruitment agencies publish salary guides and okay so you can just go on their website used to it for Hayes and they used to do it once a year so you basically can just download it and there'll be other maybe salary calculators and Mm. stuff like that if you google that will tell you you know what you should be paid or not I mean remember some of it might be a bit of a pinch of salt but Mm. should give you a bit of an idea and then you can obviously think then about your experience as well and you know what did you bring to that role yeah you know how much money how much time did you save did you make them any money for that company and then at that point you then should in your mind start thinking of a settle number yeah the settle number should obviously always be higher I mean unless you really really hate your job most people will not make a complete sideways move because mm, mm. you're leaving job security to go to a new company yeah. you're going back on a probation period where you could be let go in a week you might lose benefit long you know long serving staff benefits so also you lose that redundancy protection because you if you are the company makes redundancies and you've been there less than 10 years you lose um rights to enhance redundancy interesting pay, so you wouldn't i would not recommend you make a complete sideways move. So that's yeah. also, you know, what you're on is also a good a good base rate because you know you're going to move yes. higher than that as well. Yeah, no, brilliant. And I guess you mentioned using 
recruitment agencies what ones come to mind when you're talking about them or where can people find these recruitment agencies i think linkedin LinkedIn, yeah i think linkedin is the best place i mean it really depends there's be obviously hundreds and hundreds of recruitment agencies so it really does depend on what you do as to who the best agency okay you would be and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not always big it's not always best okay bigger ones tend to be you know as people get more experienced in recruitment they'll tend to move to smaller niche agencies or set up by okay. themselves okay so you might get more experienced recruiters at the smaller agencies or even the one-man bands that have you know got years and years <laughs> of experience and are just doing it from home but they are probably the best ones with the biggest network and mm-hmm. the the best knowledge so that is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah no it depends what your um your your area is but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no and that's really really helpful because i feel like a lot of people will probably be wondering that as well And I guess to kind of like round up our conversation today, do you have any final top tips for those who may be scared of negotiating that higher salary? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like knowing what your settle number is and then Mm -hmm. knowing that they're not going to say, no, the offer's gone if you ask for it. And then I would say to get to your ideal number, you basically want to go in with your ideal number. So you don't want to go in with your settle number. You want to go in with the ideal number. Mm -hmm. So the settle number is the number, yeah, you'll accept, which may be you know obviously more than what you're currently on but taking into account what you what you should be paid and what the market says your pet you should be paid and then your ideal number is probably 10 percent beyond that at least okay number you know where you think oh my god that'd be amazing i would Mm -hmm. just actually be like dancing on the spot (laughs) try not to like scream down the phone Um, (laughs) that is your ideal number and you definitely should be going in with the ideal number knowing Mm. that you can negotiate down if you need to your settle yes settle number is always higher than what you're on though and then you know as well you know that if it goes below that settle number then you are happy to walk away okay and then obviously timing is important so think about you know often people want to wrap things up on a Friday so I think if you can go back in and say actually can you pay a bit more on a Wednesday they might try and work some things behind the scenes they can try Mm. and close you off on the Friday as well so just okay about the timing and yeah I'm trying to think of this I think that's it really but definitely don't be afraid to ask because literally I know that you said a lot of women um listen to this podcast that's some men but I do find that men were more likely to ask yeah for the money and if you don't ask very true don't get and yeah you have literally nothing to lose and you they companies are expecting negotiation yeah you took the words right out of my mouth because I was literally about to say don't ask you don't get guys but I guess to kind of add to that maybe really cringe but one line I absolutely stand for now more than ever is you miss 100% of the shots you do not take so (laughs) guys if you don't shoot your shot then you're missing out like you said you might be leaving money on the table I've spoken to so many of you guys online now that have shared to me that you've had pay rises or you've negotiated salary in an interview like of like 5k 10k more that was being offered so, you know, and I think the market to employ people, great employees is really tough. So a lot of employers now are just keen to get the best possible candidate. And a lot of them are happy to pay that kind of premium. So, yeah, guys, like Liz said, if you don't ask, you don't get. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Liz, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today and sharing so many gems in this episode. And um, hopefully many of you guys listening have found this episode today useful. But Liz, before I let you go, if anyone would like to follow you on social media or join your online community, where can they go to do yeah. so? Oh, well, thank you. So um, the website is investinginwomen.co.uk. 
You can connect with me on LinkedIn. So I'm Elizabeth Willits on LinkedIn. We've also got the Investing in Women LinkedIn page and on Instagram, Investing in Women Careers. Oh, amazing. And guys, as always, I'll leave all of the links in the podcast description. Please check out Liz. Like we've mentioned, she is a recruiter, so she might be able to help you guys accordingly. Even if you're looking for just some tips, please reach out to her because she's lovely. So yeah, thank thank you you. so much again, Liz. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the All Things Money podcast. For more All Things Money, make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast and make sure you tune back in next week.